The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121, or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Minnix. We continue with our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage brought to you by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds and Synergenics online at FixMyLowT.com. Now joined by the legend. Emmett Smith, you make our Super Bowl Radio Row every week, man, every year. It's fantastic. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, come bearing gifts as always. <laughs> you know, we're just making this a tradition. It is a tradition, a great Super Bowl tradition to have the great Emmett Smith uh, on the last day of Radio Row. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm fortunate and blessed to have uh, partners that that see the value in walking on Radio Row, talking about a little tequila, talking about Narcan, nasal sprays, or whatever it may be. Uh, but to talk about the game itself uh, is something that I have tremendous experience in, as well as these other things that I just mentioned. Well, you know, you, you talk about the traditions, and quite frankly, we need the tequila when talking about the Dallas Cowboys because it's becoming too much of a tradition to be here with the Cowboys not. And this yeah. year we thought, man, this, this might be the year. The path was wide open for the Dallas Cowboys, and then they hit the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it was disappointing. It really was, and and has been um, for some years now. I mean, we've we've been uh, sold and and convinced that this is the year every year, and been let down for the last twenty some odd years because you know it's not it's not that I don't want to see the team successful because I really, really want to see them successful. I want these kids and other kids that have played the game or playing the game to experience what I've experienced, to experience this moment, to have their Super Bowl moment and have their Super Bowl memories uh, so they can share with their loved ones for the rest of their lives and not seeing the quality on the football field the consistency on the football field or the even the sense of urgency on the football field like time is running out on us um it's, it, it has become very dis disheartening you know i know the nfl is is is, is a tough business i get that but you know watching you guys in the 90s the way you played y'all never seemed flat especially when the bright lights were on you guys came to play and i guess that was the most frustrating thing about that green bay game was that the guys were just flat. They just didn't seem ready to go. We, we didn't have room to be flat uh, because we weren't built as a flat team. We was built as a most competitive team that you can ever come up against. Uh, when you knew, when you saw the Cowboys in the nineties, particularly from ninety-one on, you all the way up to the point of two thousand <laughs> or two thousand and two, I should say. But when you saw us, you knew what you was going about to get into. You knew it was going to be four quarters, a battle, and if you were able to last the four quarters, it became a battle. If you wasn't, you got dominated, and that's just the way it was because our team was so competitive, and we were built inside out, built to run the ball, built to stop the run. And play physical football and fast football for four quarters. There was no letting up. None whatsoever. And uh, we were groomed that way because we had to play against Buddy Ryan and that Philadelphia Eagle defense with Jerome Brown and 
Clyde Simmons and Reggie White and Bill, Bill Golick and, and Byron Evans and all these guys that ran the bear defense. And so which stopped the run, slowed it down anyway. And so all that, that's how we were built. We were built to play like that. And so this team and these teams today, some of them are built differently. I mean, when you look at the Niners and you look at the Chiefs, the Niners are built kind of similar to the way we were used to be built, inside out. The Chiefs, they are built also similarly to where we, we were, inside out, out. These two teams can run the ball. And they can dag on show, throw the ball. So you have the balance of the two of having a nice run game and a, and a good passing game and a solid defense. And special teams-wise, they're not shabby. <laughs> Neither one. So they are the best. The best of the best is meeting on Sunday. And they've earned the right to be there. And so until our guys understand that, until we get back to the basics and the fundamentals of who we are as an organization, we won't see it. Fundamentals as an organization. And we often talk on our show about Jerry making winning decisions or business decisions. Emmett Smith, when you think about some of what you've seen them do, and you've got Dak's, Dak's contract is they've got to figure out what to do there and who they're going to sign and all that kind of stuff, is it a business decision or a winning decision? I think it's both. You, you can't do one without the other. you got to make great business decisions in terms of obviously what's right for the Cowboys all the way around. But the business decision itself cannot be at the detrimental of the team. Uh, and so when I think about the Cowboys, Dak Prescott should be and should remain our quarterback for the next four or five years. How does that happen? That's where the business part of it has to work out, to where there has to be an understanding. And Dak has to understand also, if I don't take as much, I'm leaving room for others to continue to come here, and we be, and I'm, I'm surrounded by quality football players that can compete. That's one thing. He can do that. He has the ability to do that. He has the decision to make. Because oftentimes it's not necessarily about the money right now. It has to be about winning. And winning brings capital. Winning championships definitely brings more capital. Um, and so... Yes. You cannot do one without the other. You know, that's interesting that you say that because, look, I mean, I'm, I'm for guys getting all the money that they are entitled to or, or right. can get. Be selfish. Get what you can. Absolutely. But do you think that's the problem? That's it. Do you think that's Dak will do it? I don't know if he will or not, but that's required. Sometimes it's not about you having it is about something because you're going to get yours he's going to get his regardless because he is the franchise quarterback of the dallas cowboys but he's going to get more if we win a championship and so it's about really players being unselfish about who they are and what they're doing and coming together because money shouldn't be an object right now uh right now the main focus should be winning and it's not about the capital but uh, like i said dak prescott is and should remain our franchise quarterback because who else are you going to get if you go get someone else you're developing a player and you only got four years to develop him and who's to say that the guy that you go get is the right guy i mean chemistry has a lot to do with continuity of an organization 
And so uh, from, from that standpoint, uh, I would rather remain, keep the chemistry and the continuity that we have and build a better chemistry and a stronger chemistry if we can. Hall of Famer Emmett Smith joining us here on the Blitz. So with Dak Prescott, keep him. But do you believe he can be the guy that can get the Cowboys to the Super Bowl or keep him because you don't want to have to start over? No, I, I honestly believe he's a guy that can get us to the Super Bowl. I mean, oftentimes I think coaches has a way of making a player look great but also look bad. And the player has to understand Here's what I mean by that. We play in the Detroit Lions. We're under three minutes. We kick the ball up to the Lions. They come out, they throw a pick. We get the pick. So now all we got to do is run the clock out. Mm-hmm. And all we got to do is run the ball to do that. But Dak Prescott didn't call the three straight pass plays. Mike McCarthy did. The offensive coordinator did. And on the third pass play, Mike McCarthy didn't throw the ball out of bounds. Dak Prescott did. When do your brain kick in and say, I need to stay in bounds? <laughs> or I don't need to throw the ball? And when do I take over from a mistake that's already a mistake and when I compound it with my mistake? Whether it's the coordinator or the, or the quarterback or any, any other player. That's just an example of some of the failures that, that, that I saw. The importance of what's important, the game, winning the game right now and running the clock out and not giving these guys time to drive down the field on our defense. That's what's important. So there's a combination of both. McCarthy could help the team better by making a better decision in terms of that place, those series of plays, and that could have done a better job of saying, okay, I know I don't need to throw this ball out of bounds. I can take a sack, or I can just take off and run. Is that a game manager, or is that managing the situations? To me, that's manage, managing situations. You're the perfect guy to ask this question to. If Dak Prescott gets a play call, like you're talking about, from Mike McCarthy, mm-hmm. and he's in the huddle talking to his guys, can he say, I know we called this play, but I, I'd rather do this? Did, did Troy ever do that? Great question. Does he have the ability to do it? That's why I say great coaches empower their players to become great players. <clears throat> If I make a bonehead call and, I'm, and I know it's a bonehead call or I see something in the defense that's not working, either I'm going to call a timeout or you're giving me the ability to say, okay, this play is not going to work. I'm going to alter and I'm going to counter with this play. And I may, it may be a run play. And so I don't know if Dak Prescott has been equipped to come into the game and say, okay, we have a run pass option. And we have 10 of those plays that are run pass option. We show up in these 10, 10 formations, and I see this, we're going to pass. We show up in this formation, and I see this, we're going to run. That, that is empowering your quarterback to become a better quarterback. I'm not sure if Dak Prescott have that ability. <clears throat> Emmett Smith here on the Blitz. Let's talk about the running back because last year on Radio Row in Phoenix, you know, Zeke was out, Pollard was going to be the guy. And I want to play a clip of what you told us last year on Radio Row. You don't know what it's like to be the number one. Being the number one means that everybody on the opposing team and every coaching staff is preparing for the number one. Mm -hmm. They look at that tape right now, this offseason, of every number one player that they got to go up against. And they're breaking it down, trying to study his strengths and his weaknesses. So when the season rolls around, the number one guy is already prepared for it. The scheme is set up to stop the number one guy. So when your number two step in and he makes a big run, oh, you're like, oh, 
two. <laughs> Until the number two guy become the number one guy. Now they prepare for him. They're like, what happened? <laughs> oh, he getting beat up. You cannot have it both ways. This is a problem with America. Everybody want to have it their way. This is not my damn Burger King. <laughs> you cannot have it your way. You got to have it one way or the other. And you got to learn how to deal with these things. Yeah, you want to say you were right? You you were right. Did and we've I been lie? playing that a lot. You were spot on 100% with that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I, and I like that because it's the truth. It really is the truth. And, and it played out the way it did with Tony Pollard. People are disappointed because he don't have a 5.0 carry, yards per carry, like he did a year ago. And they're disappointed that, well, he's not having a great year because he has a four-point-something yard per average now. Guys, and they're talking about what's wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with him. He's not getting enough touches. And we're not committed to running the ball. Even though Mike McCarthy said we're going to run the ball this year. <laughs> I'll lie. <laughs> I'll lie. When you go and commit yourself to run the ball, you go to Tony Potter as a coach and you say, Tony, get prepared to carry the ball or touch the ball at least 15 to 20 times. Or, Tony, be prepared to carry the ball or touch the ball 20 to 25 times a game. I may run it 15. I may throw it to you five. I may run it 20, and I may throw it to you five. Either way it goes, we put that ball in your hand. Think about what that does for the psyche of a player. That is inspiring. That says to me, Coach, you're committed to me. You know what? I'm going to be ready. You call my number, I'm going to show up. Because you're committed to me, I'm going to be more committed to you. Is Tony Pollard the guy? I mean, that's a decision the Cowboys are going to have to make this offseason. Can he be that number one guy if they get committed to him? Who else is out there? You think Derrick Henry? You think that's the answer? I don't. I love Derrick Henry, but I don't think that's the answer. I think with the one-two punch that we have with Pollard and Dotto, that works. That works for me. We don't use it enough. We don't even really know what we got because it's underutilized. Run the ball, the <laughs> great the ball. Emmett Smith <laughs> with Herodura Tequila here on Radio Row. Next year, man, next year. Next are, year what? Are we going to be talking about the Cowboys in the, the game? game? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Emmett, always appreciate you, man. <laughs>